Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? It's the Man Fuse podcast. I am Kay Lee, my co-host, Ben H. What's up? This is a Foo Media production. And if you don't know how to spell Foo Media, F-U. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Today we got Tommy Breedlove, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author. I'll bet that never gets boring hearing that, Tommy. It will never get old. No. The book is legendary, and he's also the founder of the Legendary Life Movement. He's a keynote speaker and business and mindset coach. Welcome. Sir. Thank you, brother. We've had a great conversation thus far. I don't know if it's on air or off air. Oh, it's on air. <laughs> Probably cut it in at some point during. It might just be an excerpt. So we kind of just started talking before I even made this introduction. And we just kept talking. And I was like, all right, guys, let me just start it. So now we are officially starting. Well, it. we were talking about cooking, cooking. and mountains. Yeah. And those are two of my favorite things. And if, if I could define the future of my life, I would want it to include those two things. And, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our purpose is we love it, plus we're talented at it, plus the world needs it. That's it, man. And then we turn our purpose into our profession by adding we get paid to we do it. We get paid for it, man. And then you're winning. That's how Are you find fulfillment in life. No, no, this is, no, I, know, this is I, know, I know, I know, I know it. I totally you get it. You should write a book, love. You should write a book, man. So, and we, uh, I think actually, I just came up with something great. <laughs> ben, ben and I, um, the other day when we were talking, I said, you got to get here Wednesday, 12 p.m., you can make it. Yeah, 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 we got Tommy coming in. And then Ben and I normally, the way that I think we decided to do this podcast together is because we could just get on a topic and just run with it for hours and probably annoy everyone else around well, us. And I was we were invited. Like, we were like, we just love his last name, Breed Love. Is that like a crest? Is that, I mean, like, there is should that be like a your crest, lineage? Dude. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Breed like, Love. Like, can you come with up like with- like the silhouette of a woman, you know what I mean? And like, I, uh, you know, like not, Breed Love. I, maybe we come up with our own crest. I yeah. Think, I think so. I think it'd be not amazing. Not even Scottish or English, like a real crest. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. you come up with a crest. I like that. The Breed Love crest. Yeah. Like tattoos and <laughs> yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? No one asked me if that name was real until post 40. Yeah. Like, no one cared. Oh, yeah. well, we was, did. That was like one of the first things we were like- He's a beast. Yeah. Breed like, love. this guy's obviously an animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a We're porn star. Yeah. Breed love. Or a porn star. In either case. Yeah. And Ben's like, well, I love to breed. Yeah. And I'm like, absolutely. It's just it. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. Like, you know, people always look into names have meaning. Like, you have, I don't know, Potter. You know, maybe they used to be potters. potters yeah. What'd you call yourself the other Blacksmith. day? Blacksmith. You, you said you want to be Ben Barron. What yeah, and I said, <laughs> and, and so, so your name, your name inspired me. And I was like, what if I could have a name like Breed Love? You know, what would I want it to be? And, and I was like, you know what? Ben Barron. <laughs> ben Barron's all ego, no self. <laughs> he invented his alter ego right there. And you should. I mean, it's something to embrace. You know what? I mean, like, there were so many what cool. What would yours be? Probably just 
Christianly, just like, actually, I said, what did I say? Oh, on the air, I had a program director, so my real name is Christopher, but I started going by Christian, and we had this program director come in, and he goes, you got to choose a last name, and I go, love, how about Christian love? I could just be like, who wants some Christian love? I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, do you really want to say that? And I was like. Kind of, but no, I guess not. Yeah. Well, at least, well, a, at least a billion people. people would be all in, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some would probably <laughs> want to kill me, and others would want to embrace. <laughs> hey, you know what they say? If you can get half the country to hate you, you can get elected president. Indeed. That's true. <laughs> I think we're assuming, too, that Tommy might not have a fantasy name. Because his name is Breedlove. Yeah, you might have probably never even thought about it. He's like, called, I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> I like Breedlove. Yeah. I've been called T-Bone, Youngblood, yeah. T-Man. Probably some other words we can't say now. You can say whatever you so want. Those three. Uh-huh. Those yeah. three. Dickhead. T-bone. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> T-bone. whatever you want to call me. <laughs> Tommy T-Bone. Tommy T-Bone. T-Bone. So, That's you know, cool. I was going through your book. I hadn't read it all, but I've definitely combed through it, and I've done some research and stuff. And, and I love Ben and I. So I guess this podcast is kind of a hodgepodge of topics. We, I don't know if you ever listened to it or not yeah. and saw what you were going to get yourself into. So yeah. we are kind of all over the map. I feel like we talk about stuff going on in our personal lives and we sometimes some common sense politics might come in and our perceptions of things. But I feel like we've been documenting this business concept that we've been building ever since, I guess, about a year and a half ago. Mm. But it always seems to, I feel like, take a turn towards whether it be self-help or mm. it's, it's kind of motivating at times while... Probably irritating to some of the audience. Obviously. Um, Apparently, yeah. I'm a Andrew Tate wannabe. Yeah, that's what someone <laughs> called you. That was... Well, we all want to be something, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, want to be something. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times we end up... It ends up getting... The topics get turned around into... Is it motivational? Is it, you know, inspirational stuff? You know, it's stuff that, I guess, knowledge we've acquired over the years. And it's through mentors and, you know, and being a protege. So Which is something up. also screwing up, screwing up, screwing up. Oh yeah, definitely failures <laughs> for sure. I fucked up plenty of shit. But then I've gotten a bunch of shit right. Hey, what did my wife got me for Father's Day? It was a cup that said, you know what? I could fuck up on everything else, but at least I don't have three ugly kids. I got three beautiful kids <laughs> that are true. really good looking. <laughs> so true. at least I have that. I did that. But I might not have anything else. Talking about mentors and proteges, and I was thinking back. I was like, I meet people who are excelling in many areas that where I'm like. He's got something to teach, mm. but nobody can be the whole, you know, where I've had people from a business sense that I've gotten to work with that I've been, I guess you'd say a protege in some respects, but then I get a closer look at the way they handle their personal life and the way they treat maybe their wife or their kids. And you're like, well, I ain't taking after that. But being a, as a business person, I mean, they were definitely action oriented and they got shit done and they were super successful. So it was like, while I might want to model him in that area, I definitely don't want to listen to him in this other area. Is that something that I guess you're a life coach or a business coach for a lot of high achievers? So you see people who are at a super high level coming in. Is there like a common theme yeah. that a problem that you see? They're all battling something. Yeah, both the men and women who are more You don't have to be successful yet, but most of our community, I would say I'm a community builder more than anything else, is we, our typical human is high achieving and ambitious. They want to do shit in business. They want to get stuff done. They want to be successful. They want to make a lot of money. None of that's wrong, but the common theme I see from all of us, and I'm using that word very specifically, us, 
is usually it's at the compromise of your friendships, your relationship, and most of the time ourselves. We usually put ourselves last, and that can manifest itself in so many different ways. And so the whole point of Legendary, the whole point of that book, yes, we want people who want to be successful and want to make impact and want to live a life of significance, but we don't want it to do in lieu of burning the whole ship down which I almost did twice in my life. Literally, that's how the book was born. What is that, a tragedy? Right. And, hey, hopefully by reading this and applying these tools and hearing these stories of other people, you won't have to go through the same shit that I did in order to get to where you want to be. Which is awesome. And I hate it that you had to go through tragedy. And I hate it that anybody sometimes has to go through those downfalls or losing. I guess my stepdad, who's no longer with us, he was super successful. And he, at one point, he was a... a pretty bad drug addict. And he used to tell me, he was like, Christian, I was a drug addict with a $250,000 a year income that I didn't have to work for. And so, but let me tell you, a drug addict spends every, the same amount of money, the, everything they got typically. Yep. And he's like, the elevator doesn't just stop here. Mm-hmm. Like it keeps going. And sometimes he was sober for 40 years. Like after he stopped smoking crack or whatever he did, which he told me some funny ass stories, but he would admit it to you. He would be like, you know, I smoke crack. It's just, it was my thing. But when you hear the story, you're like, it's pretty epic. Like mm. I almost don't want to hear a picture perfect story. You want like, I want to hear that you people overcame obstacles and beat the odds because to me, that's, that's a story. Yeah. Nobody wants to go through that shit in the moment, obviously. Yeah. And I'm sure you could look back and be like, well, those are lessons now, though. I'm glad that I it made me who I am today. And every human being on earth's got their shit, got their stuff. They got their insecurities. They got their fears. They got their deepest, darkest desires. They got their wants. And most people are going through something, man. If you're in a relationship, there's a chance you're going through something. Oh, because yeah. relationships are so <laughs> damn <funny>. hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everybody's got their story. And I think what you guys do so well, and I think the world is craving it right now, is authenticity, man. Just speak your truth. Speak your tragedy, speak your triumphs, share some wisdom that you've learned through experience, not through something you read. And I think people are craving authenticity now more than they ever have, man. I think, I think that's so. what you guys bring. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I think part of that, you know, I get, I've worked with Bert, and we are in the Bert Show studios. I am taking advantage and using my ability to use his state of the art, beautiful studios because I. Not that I wasn't going to invite you into my basement <laughs> studio, but it doesn't look like this. We, Erica, we'd be we'd, we'd be all cramped in. Right? You'd be sitting on Ben's lap. Yeah, be fun, be like, though, man. This might be awkward for forty. I don't know. I minutes. might be on his lap. He's a little yeah, bigger than me. That's true. <laughs> However, it was. But Bert has been so good, and I think working with him and you know just trying to be your authentic self and open up portions of your personal life and your story because that's the shit that everybody relates to it's everybody it's what everybody wants too yeah. man yeah nobody wants needs the fake well that's shit. an interesting thing that he said like it's what everybody wants because it's also what everyone is so afraid to do because they are afraid of the magical phrase what other people are going to think i've always been someone who did my best to push the envelope but you know you do get caught in situations where you're like Maybe I shouldn't express myself in this way or maybe I shouldn't say this thing or or whatever it is because I don't want people to think this of me. You know, we're always worried about it's like the world is a stage. Right. And we're just kind of like players in the stage, I think is the way Shakespeare said it. And we all have like this role. I mean, we're kind of marked on our destiny somehow. It's it's a path that we go down and there's tragedy on the path and there's sorrow on the path and there's happiness and excitement. 
and there's uh, abuse and there's opportunities to abuse and there's everything. And what is it, though, about our culture that, I mean, in your opinion, gives people this perception that we have to have this outer image of perfection, perfection, like nothing's wrong with me. That's all you guys. Oh, yeah. and, and we can't just come together and be like, hey, bro, like, you know what I mean? I got that too, or whatever. I think know? it's a combination. That's a huge question. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think, first of all, the need to be accepted is primal. Yeah. I think if we weren't accepted by our tribe way back when, we were dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were excluded bad. by the tribe, that was bad. Yeah. I think we've got information coming at us so quickly, and, and our souls can't handle it, for lack of a better word. You think about the 24-hour news networks, the instant gratification from a hit on Facebook, the Netflix, the porn. I mean, it's all like this one big stew of instant gratification, instant dopamine hits. And then now everybody wants to be LinkedIn successful or Instagram fabulous or TikTok special. And all of those things, man, are just status, status, status. And now it's men and women. You know, men crave power, status, and respect. And how are they going to get that? How they look, their job, their money. And ultimately, they want all those things to get them laid by the prettiest person out there. Get laid and get paid. Yeah. Yeah. And then women want to be seen, heard, loved, valued, and respected. And women also have the, in my opinion, and so you can send me hate mail, email, I won't care, but they also have to get everything done, but also look perfect. Because if they don't look right. perfect, don't never let them see a sweat, right? Which is not right. fair. And so I think we crave status, respect, power, because it gets us to the top of the food chain. And then we'll compromise everything on the way to get there. And in that process, we let people who don't matter, matter. Now, I don't want to be out there and be this outlier who's just saying mean stuff to say mean stuff, but you got to live your truth because it's exhausting not being authentic. It's exhausting wearing all these armors and masks of important guy, tough guy, life of the party guy, and I've worn them all, man, and it's fucking exhausting. I think we crave those things so much. See me, see me, see me, hear me, hear me, hear me, love me, love me, love me, and by the way, press like on Instagram that we forget who we are. And to me, the definition of power and freedom is not letting people who don't matter matter. As long as you're living your truth, your core values, and you're doing the best you can to make yourself, those around you in this world, a little bit better place, and who gives a shit what everybody else thinks, in my opinion. No, 100%. You know, I got three kids now, and I'm like, I just can't imagine, like, having four. <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> too man. You keep practicing for your four. Yeah, yeah, but no, I just can't imagine growing part. up like, you know, I have a pretty good game like on social media, but like the only reason really I'm on it is for business. And I'm less like I'm, I'm about to hire somebody to handle my social media because I've been so slack because I've been so busy, but I give a shit not about it. I mean, at all. But my kids, I can already see my 11 year old son like he's been wanting to start this YouTube channel. And I'm like, no. It ain't happening. And then he found a way around it because his buddy's dad created a sub channel underneath him that he could monitor. And so now my son goes and creates these stupid little videos. Well, these stupid little videos are beating my videos and it pisses me off, but I can already see this pattern of him like going to log on to see the likes. Yeah. Oh, this one only got 500 or 10 or a thousand. And I'm like, Stop looking at it because I can already see like the last thing I want is his self-worth to be based on did they like it or not? Who's they? People you don't even know. I mean, granted, there is objections to be made in cases where some of these people 
make millions and millions and millions of dollars, but then all of a sudden I get notified on my phone all the time that YouTube or so-and-so just died at 32, and I'm like... Well, like talking about the mountains, you know... Way to switch gears, Ben. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that, like, the kids, I mean, it's such a different life for them now, and I look at it all the time. I'm like, we moved out of the city with my son to bring him to Milton, we bought a couple acres and, you know, and his life in Milton is incredibly different than it would have been in the city. But now I'm starting to feel like we actually didn't go far enough out because, you know, of exactly what you're talking about. And this is something that is really ever pervasive in these kids' society and they're growing up. And so there's two ways to look at it, right? It's like in one breath, hey, I want him to kill it. I want him to get a bazillion followers and be the next guy. You know what I mean? Of course. And so you don't want to throttle him back. But at the same time, like you said, you don't want to get him him to get lost in the screen. Never know what it's like to to sleep in a tent or hike up the side of a mountain or go fishing or swim in a stream. Or, you know, I have so many great memories as a child from all that stuff. I'm sure you guys get a lot of that up there. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And I think there is a formula, though, going back to what you were saying, Kaylee, is we've got we can't look and we all struggle with this every all four people sitting in this room we all struggle with it to some is we get our validation from external sources really the true power is when we lead love and respect ourselves first we find self value in our own selves in our hearts minds and souls and it's so we're not taught that man i'm talking mental strength emotional strength i'm not talking about religion spiritual strength what connects us to all that is and it's okay to go out there and be world-class on YouTube. It's okay out there. But if you get your self-esteem from someone else, it mm-hmm. can be removed from you so quickly. And we talk about, for us adults, the money, respect, title, cars, friends, your health, your family. It can all be taken away from you like that. Oh, yeah. In yep. seconds. Yeah. Seconds. Trust me, I know. And then if you're standing there, standing in the fire, and you don't have self-respect, self-confidence, self-love, and you don't know who you are, you will crumble and a lot of bad things happen from there. And mm-hmm. so I think the key is getting young people, old people to start loving, respecting. And I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about humility, not the loud, egotistical, see me, see me, see me. I'm important. No, it's the, I'm going to be okay. I love myself. I don't need another person, another human, a like, or that person to say, but we all crave the validation. It feels good. I mean, it serves our soul, but I think uh-huh. that's the key mm-hmm. and we're just not teaching it. And I think I got to be careful what I say here because I get really passionate about this. When we lean Let toward a specific religious group or especially a certain political group to give us ourselves a team and to put ourselves in that tribe because they are built on shame. Their job is to scare you, shame you, and to say, hey, I've got you. And horseshit, they don't have you. They just want more power. At the end of the day, you've got to say, I've got you and I've got my tribe around me, my inner circle, my outer circle. And these are the humans I'm going to do business in life with. I think when you do that, there's power. And Ben, going back to what you say, it's so odd to me that so many people look at a sunset or sunrise or a beautiful mountain and they're not looking at it through their own eyes. Mm-hmm. They're looking at it through Steve Jobs' eyes. It drives oh me crazy. Yeah. Me and guilty as charged, by the way. Sure. Guilty Absolutely. as charged. Yeah, me too. My wife does it to me all the time. Like, you, I'll be. You go out on a hike and you're like, oh my gosh, look at that bird. Like, where's my <laughs> damn phone? <laughs> where's the bird, my beautiful there goes the bird. bird? You know what I mean? And like. <laughs> Is that a pigeon? What, what a is it pigeon. even for, anyways? Because, like. <laughs> What are you going to do with the video? Nobody gives a shit like what you put on your Facebook. Like, no one cares. It's only cool to you. What's well, crazy, and you know, before we... Typically, just, it's just going to sit there. You're probably never going to see it again. Well, it's <laughs> funny. You used to have to take that roll, developed at Eckerd's or some shit like that, right. and you'd have double copies, and you'd be like, oh, I don't like these. But now it's like, oh, what, do you got 100,000 photos on your phone? And what? unless you have categorized and, like... 
<laughs> and some people might. I don't. But it's literally nothing. Like the thing that trips me out is you take a phone, like a one terabyte phone, and it's completely full of photos and videos and emails. And I mean, it's full. And then you take a brand new one and they weigh exactly the same amount. What is this stuff, man? Yeah. It's like an alternate reality. It's like we're dealing with a different dimension almost. Yeah, and it's super addictive, man. We're all building businesses, and our email is someone else's to-do list. Our text is just overwhelming and easy, convenient conversations. All the social media is about validation and see me, see me, see me. Add a little porn on top of that. Add, a, add video games on top of that, and it becomes something stronger than heroin. And I would question everybody here, including myself, when your phone's not around you for two hours, do you start looking for it or not? Do you feel the fake for buzz? For sure, dude. Are you, you listening two for minutes. the ding? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah two start, Sometimes I'm looking for it and it's in my hand. Have you ever done that shit? <laughs> yeah. Where's my phone? My wife's like, you're holding it, you idiot. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right about that. Um, yeah, we need it to serve us and us not to serve it, man. Absolutely. Well, you put out a challenge, I believe, in your book about putting the phone down for a little while. Yeah. What is that specifically? I mean, so for me, I want people to a see the addiction to they have to the email, the texting, the social, the video games, but also I want them to see the world with their own eyes. I want them to have a conversation with another human, go out and look at nature, the mountain, look at a fire. I call that God's mm. TV, go on a walk with a friend, go to have, have a human connection yeah. or a worldly connection with something that's not technology, something that's actually real. And again, I want to, people don't realize that the instant dopamine hits the feel good hits and they're, they're not huge hits, but they're instant dopamine with all those things that make mm -hmm. us feel validated and good. But if you go on a big hike and climb a mountain, that dopamine hit is so much bigger. Oh you build God, a yeah. business so much bigger. If you fail and then learn from it and go forward, it's so much bigger. And that's why doing hard shit is so much better than doing that easy, convenient, opening up a book and reading five pages as opposed to scrolling meaningless social media, which one's going to pay the dividends in the long term. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The book. The book. Every time, all Every the time. Every time. By the way, Kaylee, I will read the book to you. You don't have to read it. I'll oh, read I, it to you. Oh, I love he it. read it to me. <laughs> Twelve ninety nine. <laughs> you know what? I like absorbing. I like absorbing the content both ways. You don't have to read it to me, but I would like to listen to your voice. You read it to me as I was going to sleep last yeah. night. Oh, did he? Yeah. Good night. You know what? Head. For many years, I think I was. I might have done. Been doing a lot of drugs at the time. This was many, many years ago. I might have, but. I used to go to bed listening to The Art of War. And I had one of those little silver cassette players that was like the little recorders yeah. that you had that was like, was like that big. But those things were so handy back in the day, right? And I just would flip that shit over. I'd like, if it went off, I'd wake up and it'd be like, I mean, reach down there, flip it over and press. It was just, it, it was so odd. That book is just so great. It is so good, man. So let me ask you a question. So I'm at a bit of a crossroads and I kind of, I have a feeling of what you might say, but, and I... I know there's a balance. I know mm. probably for the high achievers that would come to you, they're probably seeking a balance. Yeah. I mean, work life, home life, family, kids, personal, whatever. But when you're like right now, like for me, Ben, as well, like we are on the verge of critical mass. I mean, I would guess it was critical mass for me. So like coming out the gate this year, like the... The business potential and the way things are stacking is just so not only magnificent, I'm so grateful, I'm so blessed that it's even taking this like turn, but I don't want to take my foot off the gas. Mm. And my wife is on me every night. Like you are on the phone. I'm like, just please bear with, like, let me do like, is that the way to go about it? Say, babe, listen, 
give me six months. Like, let me go a little off the charts here. I might be missing some shit. I might be on the phone. I might seem like I'm not even engaged and with it. And I'm not not showing up to stuff for my family or my kids. But when my kids and when they're sitting down watching mindless TV at night before they go to bed, I might be working a little bit because to be honest, I'm not a big, I just don't normally sit down and watch a lot of TV, maybe when I'm going to sleep, but that's about it. So is that okay? And I don't know in my real life, I ask myself, am I really going to miss anything if I wait till tomorrow morning to mm. answer? Yeah. But I feel like right now is just more critical setting myself and family up for the future. So I'm going to answer your question at the end. You asked me, is it okay? And I'm going to answer it in my opinion. It's not going to be a wisdom. It's going to be an opinion, my opinion. The first right. thing I would say to you both is you're in a spring. There's fall, spring, summer, winter. You're oh, in a spring. Ben, ben, Ben's like, yeah, yeah, Hell yeah. I know this. <laughs> you, are, you are in a spring. And the fact that you're in spring is you're growing you're getting, you're reaching critical mass and you're about to be world-class. First thing I would do is celebrate that because if you didn't say I have a sick kid or I just found out yeah, yeah. or my mom's dying. I've breached some integrity. I'm losing a business deal over it. I mean, that's real shit, man. People do that. People make mistakes and people things happen. So celebrate. The first thing I'd say is be grateful as hell. For Absolutely. Me. Second thing I would say is make the main thing, the main thing. And this is your priority right now. I'm not a work life balance. I'm a, whatever the priority is, the priority. And I'm also a quality over quantity. High achieving guys, guys who are builders, guys who are entrepreneurs, guys who are building businesses, they're usually going to spend the most of their quantity of time and a lot of their quality in their businesses. So what I would tell you right now is if you're in a spring, which is hard to get to, it's effing. Think about how damn hard you work to get where you are right now. Oh, my God. Or into your real estate business mm -hmm. or in the businesses that I own. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard as hell. People don't yeah. realize how damn hard it is to build that shit. No. And the fact that it's getting ready to explode, that is your priority. Now, if you had someone sick or your marriage was in trouble, you, that would need to be your priority if you wanted to save it. But what I would ask my family and my friends is, A, grace, I would be grateful for it. But when you spend time with, make it quality over quantity. So a solid half hour with your children, fully focused, no phone, all in, good conversation, whatever their thing is, they're going to remember that forever. Three hours of bullshit, three hours of bullshit. So prioritize your business, explode your business, go take it. I mean, you got to go take it because oh, if you yeah. start putting your head on, somebody else is going to take it from you. Oh. This is a competitive world, no matter what the Shit's media tells mine. you. Right. Go take it. it. <laughs> but I would ask for grace, but then make the commitment that when it's our time, it's our time. Uh, but when you get to summer, and that's when things are just skating on, which it never is easy. Being a business owner is never easy. That's when humans, more humans, more problems, right? And, and I'll also remind everybody that in the pursuit of simplicity, things get very complex really quickly, especially <laughs> in the business world. But I would celebrate it. I would ask for grace. I would, when you spend time with those that are important to you, make sure the quality is there. And in my opinion, it's absolutely okay. Hear that, my wife, if you listen to this, which she never listens to our podcast. She, our wives don't listen. <laughs> yeah, no. She's like, Can do you, you think them? I want to hear your voice more than... For the love of yeah, God. Yeah, because sometimes she'll be like, I hear it at home, and then I get in the car, and I turn on the radio, and there you are again. And do you think I'm going to come home and then actually, like, choose to listen to you and Ben just talk it up for another hour and a half about some bullshit? And I'm like... Thanks, babe. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. If, like, I, yeah, if I can hear the word that. podcast one more time, <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, you're going to hear that for a long, long time. So that's good to know. And I'm trying to. And, and, and I think I am. It's just right now, just I'm so... Because I'm like, there's so much that can happen and I'm ready to do some big shit. Like, yeah. I'm ready to take some amazing trips and give them an experience that 
I mean, not saying I wasn't like I had a bad childhood or anything, but we didn't go like they, I didn't get to go out of the country and like see the world. And I'd love to be able to take my now family of five, which that ain't cheap. You go five. That's like, that's an odd number. Yeah. It's like, they don't sell five packs of tickets. It's like you four and then you're going to have to pay full. So it's just expensive. Everything is so expensive. I want to crush it. And that's I do it. want to challenge us, the three of us and your audience though. Here's something I want people to know. And I, I just read this book and it's phenomenal. It's called The Gap and the Gain. So this is not mine. Mm. It's phenomenal. Right. What I want everyone to hear though, is all of us humans are measuring ourselves against an ideal, an ideal of who we want to be, the man and woman we want to be, the marriage we want to have, the business. And you know, if we have a million dollars, we want 10 million. If we have a Zero dollars, we want a hundred dollars. We're always measuring ourselves to an ideal, and that's a scarcity lack thing because it's like swimming to the horizon or, or walking to the end of a hallway that has no end. And so, what I want all of us to do though, because we're chasing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and that's just that's me, by the way, too. I want people to turn around every now and then and celebrate how far they've come. Look at the things that they have accomplished. Look how much they have grown. Maybe even do it. We do it as a team every Friday. So I am as guilty as a charge. Next thing, next thing, next thing. Let's go be world-class. Let's be elite. What's our next gig? What are we going to build? We're going to hire 10 more people. I'm just as guilty of it. Our One of our core values, and Erica's sitting here with me, is to turn around and celebrate all that you have done this week. How have you won this week? How have you showed up for yourself? And now I've even implemented at the end of the day either out loud or in a journal, I write down the things I'm grateful for, but I also write down how I've won the day and how the hell I'm going to win tomorrow. And that helps me not constantly looking at myself as who and what and where I want to be, but who I am now. And I think we all got to be careful of that too, because we're never here celebrating how far we've come. It's true. That's true. And Whatever the success is, I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. It's Hell been no. an evolution of things. Um, if I could ask you, since you're involved in many businesses, you have, you know, your crew, your team that really help you be who you are and yeah. probably allow you to be who you are. Without them, I'm guessing, I'm not saying you're a mess, but, you know, <laughs> your talent, you know what I'm saying? They call me the butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> and they also send out a text of the train wrecking when I speak. <laughs> well, that's awesome. It's, it's a beautiful train wreck, right? Right. But it works. That's what I'm saying. Well, you, you can't deny that it works. So I am right now in the midst of, I have an executive assistant for the first time, which Congrats. I'm so happy I have an assistant. I'm like, I've been saying I wanted one for so long. And she's, we're slowly ramping her up to where she's learning the process, taking stuff off my plate. Well, it's now we're your life, brother. to hire six salespeople. In the beginning, it's going to be a commission-based structure, but I'm going to be generous. But I'm like, I kind of have an idea of how to lead, but what is it that you look for? Like, I mean, for instance, like to me, my assistant asked, what is it you're looking for? And I was like, first off, I don't, she's like, do you want, the, what education do you want? Like, I don't give a shit. I just need action. Give me action. And if they're not doing it right and they're teachable, that's the most important thing. Because if they're without the action, there's nothing. You can't move them in any direction where they're going to go. They're just going to, move to the direction you want and stay there. And she's like, okay. I'm like, is that vague enough for you? I'm like, I just need action. So is there something, and I don't know if there is a recipe, like what is the personality test that, I mean, maybe it's in their resume, but sometimes their resumes cannot be, you know, it's the test, I I'm guess. I don't know. I haven't been. We have a recipe. This is how we do it. And this has come through all of my mentors and all of my coaches, I'm not only in this space, I'm in the success mentoring space, but I surround myself with people who make me better. The first thing I look for and test for are two things, motivation and core values. 
Everybody talks about motivate your people. Shit, you can't motivate anyone. Our job as leaders is to find out what they want, what their self-interest is, and help them go get it. For sure. So the first thing I'm looking for is work ethic and motivation. So we put this series of questions together, and they are kind of out there. It doesn't matter if it's the legendary team or the Mountaintop Lodge team. And so we put this series of questions together. We're looking for attention to detail. We're looking for passion. We're looking for caring. And then we're looking for, are they going above and beyond, which tells me they're motivated. Sometimes we make them submit a video on why this is the greatest job they've ever wanted in their whole life. First thing is I'm looking for motivation and work ethic. I'm with you. I can teach, I can teach a Labrador accounting. I can teach a Labrador administration, but I can't teach motivation and I can't teach core values. And when I say core values, we live and die by our core values. And it's a work ethic thing. It's an authenticity thing. And honestly, we want to turn people off from that. We're small. We're 13 people. We're like, woohoo, we're, we're a small team. We're getting ready to go up to 15, 16 people. But we have our key people interview everyone. And not over there. She's auditing me over there. Erica's auditing me on this. But so what we're looking for is core values. We're asking certain questions. The third thing we look for is we do give tests. We do give tests. We give two different tests. We give the uh, Enneagram test, and I'm trying to think of the other one that we do all the time now that the name slips me, but that's looking for competency. I don't want to give my financials and my accounting and my taxes over to my sales guy. I I just don't want to do that. So that's the third thing. And so even when we measure people, so we're looking for motivation first. Are they part of our tribe or not? And it's okay if they're not. If they don't have the same core values, they're probably not going to be successful here anyway. Go find where the yours match. And the third thing we're looking for is competency. And depending on the skill of the position, like a chief financial officer, you would probably want some history there. Yeah, probably oh, of course. Some, of course. So, yeah, you know, yeah, a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of other things. But, you know, I want my surgeon to have been to medical school. Absolutely. However, for the most part of what we do, it's not critical life or death. And then at the very end, they won't let me interview anyone, by the way, because until the end, because I'm optimistic, I'm a salesperson, and I hate compliance. So I don't want to get involved in that shit. I just want to yeah. hire everybody. Right, exactly. right. Give them a chance. And if, Give them a chance. And if I like them they're already hired and I don't want to hire who I like I want yeah. to hire and and I hate the expression that our our business is our family our businesses have become our family but you can't choose your family and your families are most likely dysfunctional as shit and if you can't find the crazy one in your family you're it I want a world class team mm-hmm. that becomes my family yeah and so we're looking at all of those things and that recipe there from longevity to productivity now we let some people slip through usually because of me because of my nonsense, but some people slip through. But I think if you follow that formula, you will be successful in the long run. Yeah. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. The personality testing, those tests, that's a big deal. I'm trying to think of the second one, which has been really good. It goes really in, can they do the job or not? Final test was culture index. Okay. So it's the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, and the culture index. And that culture index tells us, can they do this job or not? You know what? Chris Tuff, which I know is a good friend of yours. Very. Another author, another keynote speaker. Yeah. He came on the podcast a while back and you know, he had this four question test and that he had come in and, and kind of read for the, you know, I guess some of the results for the birth of these four simple, stupid questions. Yeah. And he like pinned Ben to a T and yeah. was like, you're this, that. And Ben's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, That's what? the culture index. Oh. And I learned that from tough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know if one of the, th- and yeah. I didn't remember what it was. That was it. Like, I'm like, how are you even, and he's like looking at these little charts. I'm like, how are you even reading this shit? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> but it is it's insanely accurate. Like, to an extent, it blew my mind. 
And he's like, this test costs like $10,000. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't have any money. <laughs> ben, help him out, man. I'm all out, bro. Well, let me hold some. <laughs> I got to wait for a closing. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> I swear, if it doesn't blow up at the table, I'll have some money. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's great stuff. And, and that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to bring people with us, you yeah. know, because the ride is happening regardless if they jump on or not. At the same time, you don't want to... You can't drag people. I won't drag people. No, you can't, man. And they, they will kill you. You've heard the old cliche, hire slow, fire fast. Well, I have been the exact opposite my whole life, and it has cost me so much money, so much time. I'm way too loyal. I'm naturally optimistic, so I see the best in everyone. I'll have my mentors, my executive team, people like her saying, hey, this person's got to go and got to go. Now I'm like, oh, but give them one more They're shot. toxic. Yeah. <laughs> give them one more shot. They, they are a cancer eating us alive from the inside. Right? But they say now, man, the wrong hire and then losing the right person can cost you up to 6 their salary. And so Ooh. that's real money, man. That's real ROI. So hiring is so critically important. Making sure they're not fitting your culture is so critically important, but even more important is keeping and retaining them, which is so hard these days as well. Yeah. And I think while you were in the bathroom, Erica and I were talking and it was like, you know, you want to create a team that is, you know, you want to treat people so good and take care of them as family. I mean, maybe better than yeah, some, maybe better, like, than, right? better than <laughs> some people's families, obviously to where they don't want to leave. Yeah. They're, they're in this mission, whatever the mission is or yeah. cause or whatever. And at that point you're already impacting people's lives because you're spreading your own gospel. I mean, you're spreading <laughs> the word, word, your yeah. word. Yeah. And obviously a lot of words that people that have come before us, None of that book is mine, man. I learned I mean, that from right. somebody else. No, I mean, no. But, but I just put it in my flavor. But that's yeah. right. Exactly. True. But that's what it that's is. That's what we do, But though, yeah. when someone picks it up and reads it, they don't give a shit who, if Napoleon Hill said it, or yeah. if it was Robert Kiyosaki, or any of these other great teachers, or that have this great wisdom, there's been a path laid for us. And it's so. like, yeah, we um, observe it, brace it, and then share it in our own way. And I think that's what makes it authentic. Agreed. You know? and, 100%. And I think it's, um, you know. And I think owning your own shit, not being the guru on the stage, the sage on the stage. And we have a saying in our business is uh, our hypocrisy knows no boundaries. For oh, yeah. <laughs> our hypocrisy knows no And I, I had a, a key teammate call me out one time. She goes, you know, we don't actually sleep. We just write about it. And I was like, oh, that's code for, hey, man, we got to pull back a little bit. You're that's killing your people, man. So, you know, I have written a book that I aspire to live by. I have written a book I will never live by. I am as flawsome as the next person, flawed and awesome. The key is, is to be authentic when you own it. Have yeah. be able to people around you being able to call you on your shit when you're not in and doing the best you can at living up to who you want to be and where you want to go. And if you do that, if you show up and do what you say you're going to do and honor your core values, which is hard. It sounds yeah. simple. That shit's hard. Yeah. But if you can do those three things, you will be successful and sleep at night. Yeah. yeah I think oh, yeah. being able to be called out on your shit and not getting defensive about right. it, being like, oh, yeah, I better work on that a little bit more because, yeah, you get off track totally. where you don't want that in your business or in your life. But at the same time, you could be doing the same shit and just not even like be paying attention to it. And it's like, hey, you might want to check yourself real quick. You're yeah, like, or drinking your own Kool Aid, right? Right. Yeah. right. And then uh, we have this douchey test. Is it good douchey or bad douchey? Oh, yeah. okay. And sometimes, Please tell. sometimes Danielle or Brooke or Sean or Erica will come back and whisper in my ear. They'll go, hey, that was bad douchey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can we elaborate on yeah. an example of bad douchey Let's draw the line between douchey. good and bad douchey. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be like, 
Well, never mind. You want to self-promote. Well, yeah. If you're not going to promote. That was douchey. <laughs> that was douchey right there. <laughs> if you're not going to promote your business and who you are as authentically as, as you can, like you want to own who you are and promote yourself to a point. But if I'm, and I'm not picking on anybody, but what doesn't relate to me is the guy who's a guru in real estate, mm -hmm. who's sitting on the plane burning $100 bills, I would consider yeah. that bad douche. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that sets the example. Right. Is, you know, you want to be self-promoting. You want to say kind of, you want to push it to the line and, and have fun doing it. But the moment you become something that you're not, that it can actually damage other people, to me, that's bad douche. Are you talking about sitting on the plane burning like like a private jet? Yeah, okay. burning hundreds of dollars of bills. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So to me, like, that would be bad douchey. Yeah, yeah. That, but kudos to the that particular person who have read their books. Their books are awesome, but that they, they're they able to do that. But what example does that set? Oh, I know who you're for talking up and about. Cars, you who know? Is now it? I know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, he's talking about Grant Cardone. And I love his books. I love his work. But to me, what I love about Grant is when he talks about all the things he went through to get where he is. And what you have to do. Yeah, and I, I and love his instruction manual and how hard he works yeah. and stuff like that. And by, no, I, by the way, I when I'm down it. on myself, the first book I pick up is 10X, man. 100%. Yeah, because he just, I want Grant to scream at me for three yeah. hours and I feel good about myself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. and I love that. Like, yeah, to me, I get inspired. Cash that. is trash. <laughs> That's right, no, baby. <laughs> what's his name? What's the that I love? The, the billionaire guy, the, the coach that's always screaming at people. Like, Oh, uh, Dan Pena. Oh, I love Dan Pena. <laughs> Have you seen Dan Pena? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, my yeah, God, this, this guy. guy. He's like, I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> These fucking cunts. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that's but he's amazing. earned his way and able to do that, right? He's oh, yeah. I want to yeah. be. I want to like, get yelled he's like, at. None by of you him. cunts can talk like me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're gonna get arrested if you try to talk like <laughs> uh, me. Yeah. He's right. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be in that class because see, I love that. It's like my son, and I don't something I've observed because not that he gets yelled at a lot, but they'd be playing um, travel baseball, and he's 11, and coach. And not that his coach was like an abuser yelling, but there were times where coach would get pissed off. And if, if something happened that shouldn't have happened, you know, the coach gets onto him, yelling at him. And now this coach, when he got onto other kids, some of these kids come off the fields crying. My son got yelled at many times. He come off and later on, like, hey, did it bother you when the coach yelled at me? Coach yelled at me? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Maybe he did raise his voice. Man, I don't even fucking, it ain't bother yeah. me any. I've always felt that, like, and I guess it was even my program director, like, when I wanted to, when I first started working at the radio station, before I even got in with the Burt Show, I was like, I was 29. I was like, I want to be on the radio. So I got my foot in the door. I got a meeting and I was like, was being introduced. Like, oh, this dude wants to be on the radio. I'm like, great. When do I start? Like, <laughs> where, where do you want me to do? Who needs help? And I got you. And I got my foot in the door. And you and probably did it for free. I know the power of delayed gratification. Oh, yeah, and man. some people financially couldn't do it. Because, you know, it's a, it's a pay thing, and obviously you got to make money. I fortunately had already owned a business. I owned, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, it. you've been in uh, Georgia for a long time. I used to own Psycho Tattoo 2 yeah. in Sandy Springs. No kidding, oh yeah. So when I dropped out of high school, I started working with Dino Cook at Psycho Tattoo in Marietta. I was basically, the day I got hired, which was another cold call, I just, hey, I want to be a body piercer. But I ended up becoming their. <laughs> I ended up becoming their full time body piercer, and I mean, dude, that wave of business. Like when I got in, I mean, I was eighteen, making eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year piercing people's genitals. That's awesome, and it was fucking mind blowing. Yeah. When I decided I was gonna be on the radio, I had a certain amount of income. It wasn't anything that I was like, gonna retire off of, but it was I could pay some bills. So I started working for free. But yeah, two and a half years. I think I was 
not every day. I was playing the corporate game. I was showing up. Sometimes, sometimes I would show up, literally walk around the office, say hi to people, and walk out the door. <laughs> just so they could see me every day. Like, and it was just this game, and I knew how to play it. Motivated and ambitious, but not too pushy. Can't be creepy. So you got to play the game. You got to learn when to kind of disappear. You're not looking to take the spotlight at any given chance and grab the microphone given to you because then you'll be seen as you don't get your shot. But it was just going through that, that process, that delayed gratification that's just so important, I feel like, in anything. And yeah, that's and I think that coach, man, that's actually, as long as it's not on abuse, but I no, mean, no. It's, I think we need to let our children scuff their knees. I think we need to let them fail. I don't think we need to save them because life is fucking hard. Man. Yeah. No, and it if you so fuck hard. up, you might get yelled at. Yeah, you might and get yelled might at, get... or even worse, it could have even bigger repercussions. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just talking Little League, so yeah. you might not get to pitch next inning, but wah, pick yourself <laughs> up. I mean, like, yeah. learn from it. Yeah. That's Yeah, this coddling, and even Bert says it, Bert Weiss term, the wussification, I mean, it really is. Right. It's like this coddling and just, let them fail. Let them yeah. get hurt. Ben, I, I know how you parent, and it's like, get the fuck up. Well, Jack recently hurt his leg, and he's been limping around. He didn't want to go to basketball practice. I'm like, you are going to basketball practice. Mm. You don't have to run, but you got to sit out there. You got to shoot. Gotta you got to dribble. You got to show up. You're going to basketball practice. And all of his coaches were like, that's awesome <laughs> that you brought him in. I'm like, what, was I supposed to let him sit on the couch at home? That's how you become a pro. Like, right. he's going to be a man one day. That's right. You know right. what I mean? Like, and if he can't you play, don't get to sit at, you don't sit at home because you got a little limp. But it, you get out there and play through it. Or, or you, know? you are there for your team just even as support. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might not be able to. You might try, and they might be like, sit your ass down, you yeah. know. But you're there to support. You yeah, are there because the, you are part of that team. He supported Even if the you're team injured. Last weekend during a game, he supported the and team. And that sucks to be on the sideline. Nobody wants. I mean, there are so many athletes that have to get, that get injured every single day. That have to end up, you know, getting millions of dollars. That have to sit and just watch. I couldn't imagine having to sit on the sidelines of a football game or be in the dugout and not be able to play in the World Series. Like the State quarterback. When you yeah. have worked so fucking hard. To me, though, I mean, going back to all of that, first, 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 it's just amateur hour out now. The first step in being a pro is just showing up, man. Yeah. A lot of times what makes people world-class is that they just never quit. Perseverance, man. They just kept going. Everybody else quit. You're the only one there now, so now you're the— now Longevity, you're the, man. You know? I've said it before. I don't know if it was Harrison Ford was talking about his acting career. He said, I just never got off the fucking bus. <laughs> you're right. I got on the bus. I just—I was the only one that didn't get off. Yeah. Don't ever get off. I mean, I think there's a level of um, self-awareness. Like, if I, after years of going through radio and I wasn't getting any— and, and at the time, for me, the fuel wasn't money. Like, there were times where I was getting a little frustrated. Obviously, anybody would on a couple-year journey. Um, I had to achieve some things, I'd, but I wasn't, you know, start, the money was starting to bother me. I need to kind of start bringing in something. But then it was like, and I'd be like, ah, this fucking shit ain't happening fast enough. But then I'd get that compliment or mm. that, I, whatever it was, that praise, that, validation that I was on the right track. Just keep going. And it was almost better than money. A hundred percent. Because it was fuel. I was like, ah, okay, that's my guiding light, that yeah. I'm moving in the right direction. And some people might not be self-aware. Those moments, like, and I, well, I thought I had written it down, but I thought about it. I was like <laughs> thinking about asking you, is like, did you have like that aha moment? It's like, you go down this path or this path. It's like yeah. that moment that you know that is shaped 
Yeah. It was just so monumental. Some people can see it when it's kind of right in front of them, I feel like, as like this looks like to be a monumental choice or path or moment. And sometimes you never know. Like you had no, you couldn't even see it coming the, the way it was going to end up playing out. Did you have like I, personally? I had two, and I want to dig off some of the things that you said there. The first actual biggest problem with the human race is self awareness, man. Truly knowing yourself. I think so many of us are unaware of who we are, where we're going, who's coming with us. We don't know why we feel that way. We don't know why we're sad. We don't know why we're unsuccessful. And to me, the number one key in life is self-awareness. And I want to be very candid and authentic. There isn't a week that doesn't go by in our two businesses that I don't look up at the ceiling and go, can I do this shit? Can I take one more hit? The nuts. Can I take this one more hit? Is anybody really listening to me? It's that fraud. You know, I feel like, why me? But then I'll get that compliment. I'll get that affirmation. I'll see a life change. I'll see someone on our team just be world-class and badass. And it's just the motivation I need. We all have that, right? Yeah. But getting back to it, I had two aha moments, man. The first one is when I was a kid, I, was, I grew up in the south side in Atlanta, and I thought I was going to be the first person in my family to go to school. I had four or five scholarships. And, man, I ran around. Unfortunately, I grew up in and around abuse and violence and became that. And instead of going to school, I committed a violent crime at 18, was looking at seven years in prison. Oh, shit. Really cool moment there, though. I did. I ended up dropped to heavy misdemeanors, but I was sentenced to two years and spent my 19th birthday incarcerated. That was an aha moment. I read that. That was aha moment number one. Luckily, an African American gentleman saw something in me, a 40 year old, and I was 18. Called me young blood. Remember, I said young blood earlier. Ah, yeah. And with his help and guidance, picked me up. But fast forward, so I went into the financial world for 16 years. And at 36 years old, you'd have looked at me and I had the suit, the fancy car, all the good stuff. And you said, hey, this guy's got it all going on. But inside, I felt alone, angry, insecure. I never was comfortable being with me because I never dealt with that shit as a kid. And so when the money, the fame, the corner office didn't fulfill me, I turned to, I literally lived the Wolf of Wall Street lifestyle. And you would know the place because you're Atlanta. And I woke up in a ditch in downtown Atlanta near Ponce de Leon. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it there. Looking at the blue sky thing, and, and my crossroads is, in I don't suit? know if I'm going to get uh, half-dressed, but was in a suit. Half-dressed. Yeah. Pants on or pants off? Which pants, were, pants were on. <laughs> all right, all right. Pants, pants, were, on. pants were on, but they might have been, <laughs> been undone. Yeah. Uh, they might have been undone. Okay, so, as long as they weren't just gone. They might have <laughs> been undone. But at that moment, I was like, I don't know if I'll get a chance three in that, that moment of, of self aha is like, I don't know who I am, but I'm going to figure it out. So with therapists, with counselors, with putting good people around me, I started becoming self-aware of who I could be, my blind spots, my unknown potentials, and candidly, all the masks I was wearing to, to try to pretend to be something I wasn't. And over these last 14 years, I've worked so hard at being self-aware, so hard at being authentic, and so hard of just being Tommy. Because when I try to be something or someone else, it's fucking exhausting, and I usually fail. And so for me, that self-awareness, knowing who you are and where you're going and who's coming with you is so critical. And I feel like that's another thing we're not doing. We're trying to outsource who we think we want to be without knowing who we are. So yeah, I'd had two aha moments, man. That's major, man. The second one too is is really big because I think a lot of us, myself included, we enter into the business world as young men and we see the cars and the suits and the money and all those things. And it's like, you feel so far away from that. You feel like that's who I want to be. That's what I want. That's the type of freedom that I want to have in my life. And then once you get there, you realize that 
it's actually you were more free before you even started when you were looking and you thought you were looking up at these guys you were actually more free before you even started this thing than you are right now and the difficult part about it is how do you get out of it and that moment that you had seems like a moment that really you kind of have these moments where you get shocked out of things yeah right where it's like whoa kind of like Kay Lee said with the aha moment but sometimes it gets confusing i mean what you referenced originally with your business, you just kind of look up at the ceiling and go, how am I going to get through this? One of the big things that I think we all go through that. And I know I do. And talking to people always makes me feel better. Yeah. Just talking to people. And talking um, to other people like us. Yeah. We know that we don't have all the answers. We haven't got it all figured out. We've yeah. got our blind spots. And I think that's why we built this community is if we had all the answers, we'd already done it. Now, why don't we put other like-minded humans, men and women around us to share some wisdom to do life with so that we hopefully learn from their mistakes and don't take 10 steps back. Maybe we only take two steps back and eight steps forward. So it's tough, but I, I will say this, man, and I can't touch people and make them believe it. And you guys maybe attested this or didn't. When I was in that ditch, when I was telling you I had a, a major salary and a big corner office and shiny suits and all this stuff, and I'm a money is important guy. Mm-hmm. If I said it wasn't, I'd be lying to you out there. I mean, and, it, is, and it I have, buys you a lot of choice. And, I've, and I've heard this too, man. If someone says money is not important, run from them because they're broke. But man, let me tell you, I started working on me. I'm talking about mind, heart, body, and soul, like self-confidence, self-respect, self-love, true courage, and humility. I never planned on leaving the financial consulting world. Hell, I was a senior partner. I was on the board, man. I was an international practice leader. But my money doubled, my self-esteem. I went from being one of the most hated people to one of the most beloved. But more importantly, I found peace. I found this presence and I found this humility in my life. That doesn't mean I'm still not pushing. But I'm telling you, man, people want to put themselves last. I can't tell you how the data of how many men and women who are ambitious that if they just start doing small things every day from the amount of success and happiness that they can reap the compounding interest that pays, as opposed to just fucking pushing and pushing and pushing. And when I get here and when I have more of this, I'll be right. happy and successful. You're, that's a fucking lie, man. Yeah. I've lived it. Yeah. And I'm still pushing. I got to protect and defend the fort first. Right. Right, right. 100%. Yeah, yeah I mean, money's you important, but the material things, I mean... It, it does give you that Im- dopamine. Like, if everything's shiny for a second, but it gets dull pretty fast. And you were talking and about you- the watch, man, the two or three nice watches that I have, and they're they're nice. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, they're yes. they're but there's pretty. an experience and a story behind each one of them. That's 100%, awesome, man. You know what I'm saying? So when 100%. I put it on, I remember those three men or why I bought that that right. day to celebrate something. So there's an experience with it. How do you stay grounded, like, in gratitude? I mean, how do you keep that practice? Like, I can understand when things are going well, it's like, oh yeah, I'm super grateful for all this. But how do you stay grounded in your practice of gratitude when stuff is going sideways? So for me, I have to formally do it. So not only do I formally do my gratitudes every morning, it doesn't matter how bad things have gotten or how tough they've gotten, or, you know, I've lost some parent, I've lost a parent this year and getting ready to lose another parent. Sorry mm-hmm. to hear that. Some that. Th- life has happened this yeah, year, right? Yeah. And if you look for the beauty in the darkness, the rainbow and the storm, I know that sounds cliche, man, but I have to formally True. do it. Yeah. I formally do it. So every morning I write them down. You can't see her on camera, but nah, do I write them down? And our team every day, our opening meeting every day, we talk about gratitudes. What were we grateful for today? So we yeah. force ourselves. It becomes what we're doing. It, it's a habit that becomes what we don't realize. And this, I'm getting off script a little bit, but no, we don't fine, realize our brains, we think our brains and our conscious mind is driving the ship. It's really our unconscious 
It's yeah. the stuff that we don't know. It's like, I don't want to eat that entire pint of ice cream. Why the fuck did I eat that pint of ice cream? It's because right. our subconscious. When Tasted we, so good. <laughs> when we do gratitudes and we do visions and we do meditations and we work out, we're building our heart, mind, and soul muscles and we get stronger. And then gratitude, positivity, abundance becomes a way of life because we're surrounded by negativity everywhere. But when we create the habits and we create the unconscious thoughts of abundance, positivity, gratitude, it becomes kind of a way of being. And you start feeling that negative energy come up quick. Right. I went into it today, this morning, caught it within like three minutes, apologized for it, owned it, and moved forward. Right. Happened to this morning. When I get into a negative Nelly, woe is me, bullshit, you instantly, it becomes to where you feel it and bring yourself back. Right. But man, I'm telling you, what I don't like is people usually start self-improvement, self-development, leadership development, business, you know, like working on their businesses when things are bad. I say not only do it then, but really do it when the season of springs, like really double down then because it's not right. if life's going to happen, it's when, and you will be so much stronger and better when you do it. So I'll yeah. get off my soapbox now. Now, was no, this something that, that like that's... set you off this morning or you just, sometimes you wake up and you're just like, <clears throat> fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, just it's like, something that it set just me seems off. like today's going to be a shit day. I don't know what it is yet. And a lot of times it could be technology for me, sets me the fuck off. If something's not working the way I need it to, when I need it, I'm like, which is really, if you think about how people had to do shit, like many, many, like a long time, I had to drive my horse and buggy <laughs> to fucking deliver that message. And I'm like, okay, but you know, it's usually technology or a human. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you, and the yeah. more humans you have around you and the yeah. more humans that serve you and you serve them, the more complicated and complex it gets. And I just maybe have gone on a venting spree and I'm like, pull yourself <laughs> back, man, get your shit together and right. let's just move forward and apologize for it. But I saw somebody lose their fucking mind because the internet went out on a plane recently. I'm oh, like, really? Like, how first world problem is that? I yeah. mean, no, I, yeah, you, I wouldn't be, that wouldn't set me off. Like, <laughs> or maybe it wouldn't, problem. I'm typically not, like, yeah. Going I mean, off on the flight attendant, like she's some IT oh, guru. Oh, I would never, I like would she's never she's an do IT that. guru. <laughs> no, I don't treat, I don't treat service people that are waiting ever. on me ever. I mean, like, ever. most of the time it's, it ain't her fault. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do you want her to do about it? Right, Get right. under the plane and fucking put some, yeah, so. Oh, so now you've got to sit still or maybe watch a movie or maybe read a magazine. I mean, the alternatives are, or, or and the rest. fact that you're How going. rest, sir? You might rest. need some rest. Indeed. And yeah. you're going 500 miles an hour, 30,000 feet. Just be thankful for that. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good thing. And maybe be happy you're going to land and, and walk off the fucking plane. Yeah. Like, yeah, didn't you, like, what was it, Alaskan Airlines? How scary would have that been if, like, the piece of the plane just, like, <laughs> broke open? Like, What about the dude that was sitting right next to it? I heard that they didn't show up on that seat. I could be wrong, but I thought the Burt Show was actually talking about it, like, where that seat was, was it the emergency I don't even know. Exit? I don't know yeah. about what y'all are talking about. So, all. like, Alaskan Airline was on there. I don't watch their, the news. I'm plugged into the purchase, so I have to listen to well, a Well, you know, of, if it's important enough, the people around you will tell you. It's well, 100% ben, true, man. Well, that's why you're here. <laughs> Someone showed me, because I fly all the time. They showed it to me. That's how I found Hey, right before it. you get on the plane, look at <laughs> yeah, this. Look at this. <laughs> that seat was empty, but the middle row was occupied. So, yeah, so what, he's, what, what we're referring to, was it, like, uh, the emergency exit of the plane blew off. Blew off like in midair. <laughs> oh, like, I, no. You know how you see in movies where people yeah. get sucked out yeah, and shit? Yeah. That's what the fucking door did. <laughs> like, nobody got sucked out? No, no. It, yeah, I think it <laughs> held good. pretty good. I could imagine like there was probably like some suction, like oh my wanting God. to yank them out. But yeah, that's pretty fucking scary. I don't that think that would be scary. Well, I would great. like to hear more about the mountaintop lodge. Yeah, really. Did we talk about that? Really? No, we yeah. haven't talked about your retreats, and we could kind of talk about that for a second, and then we can wrap it up. I know you guys got a wine thing maybe going on yeah, if you do. decide to do so. 
Which and is related to the Mountaintop Lodge. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, cool. So do you do the retreats there too? That's where we do our foundational retreats. Okay. And then we do our big business events. At like We're doing our big, big business event in Tampa. Okay. The Mountaintop Lodge, I'll tell you what it is, man. It's a boutique hotel in North Georgia Mountain. Literally sits on top of a mountain. It's gorgeous up there, man. Come visit us. Our tagline is we've created a place that we don't want you to leave. It's just peaceful, goodness, beauty. It's an hour outside of Atlanta, which makes it feel like it's a million miles outside of Atlanta in the Appalachian Mountains. It's been a dream of my wife to create uh, an experience like that. I would call it an experience more than a hotel. So come up, sit in our wine garden, have a glass of wine, bourbon, have a beer or cigar or a cup of coffee with me. It doesn't really matter. But we now live next to it. It's just beautiful up there. But that is where we host our foundational retreats for men and women to help them be more clear, to help them find more purpose, but also help them to know who they are, where they're going, who's coming with them. It is a clarity and connection retreat where we come together in a full immersion experience for five days. And you just, when you leave there, you feel world-class and badass and ready to conquer the world, man. So we wanted a home base. It's a cash-flowing property. It's an operating hotel. (laughs) But when we shut it down for the work that I do with, you know, our ambitious entrepreneurs, executives or aspiring entrepreneurs, executives, it's just a place where we can control everything from A to Z, from the food experience, how they wake up to the coffee, to the rooms. And so we've built, we've procured this experience not only for our guests, but for the people who come through for the legendary programs. And it's just been a beautiful addition to what we're doing as a family and then what we're doing as companies. So that's did, really cool. So the, is it open every day? Sorry. It's no, open no, every no. Day. Yeah. Can I come up there and have coffee? Yeah, absolutely. Come up there. Any day. Any day, brother. I'm really? never going to leave. All right. I'm, I'm <laughs> but you got to make up. sure I'm there, man. Yeah, yeah, we got to have coffee together. Yeah, I would love that. I would love, I'm going to get- <laughs> Why will, are you there and I'm, I'm not, Ben? <laughs> I'm going to be there. Could like, you imagine him walking in there like, sir, can I have a cup of- Yes. Where's Tommy? selection. Next week well, or two, I'll come But up. we'll give you the tour. I mean, we'll give you I'd the full bore tour. And the best tour guide we have is sitting right over there. Oh, That's yeah. Amazing. She is uh, director of, like, the customer experience. Yep. Or, uh, She's director. been really quiet. Did you turn her mic on? Or well, what? I didn't. I <laughs> wasn't trying to silence her, but I didn't know if she. It was my bad. Sexist. I'm rude. I didn't ask you. Did you and she's not shy at all. Hit she, your she, mic. Here, that's right. Here you talk. You Pull it up. I'm sorry. I'm a. And, and she can audit me POS. real quick. So, how much of what I said today was absolute bullshit, and how much was on par? I would say most of it was on par. <laughs> maybe a little bit of bullshit, but that's typical. No, that's good. I, I like <laughs> how honest the facts get in the way of a good story, man. No, exactly. no, absolutely not. You gotta, yeah, yeah, you exactly. gotta exaggerate something. <laughs> Just right? imagine it's real, you know. <laughs> do the property? Does your where you live in the hotel? Do the properties like adjoin? They touch, yeah. So the, oh, the, the hotel itself is 15 acres, four facilities, and then the five acres next to it came up for sale with a an older home that we've completely renovated that we were just going to roll into the lodge, the lodge property. But then we're like, hey, let's give it a shot to live up here in the mountains. So you just walk right over to the... that is... It's a steep walk. We call my home base camp, and then the mountaintop lodge is on the top of the mountain. It's a steep... Do you have beautiful, obviously beautiful views? Is it Man, we've got deer everywhere. The views at the top in the winter is a 180 panoramic of the Appalachian Mountains. The Appalachian Mountains, the Blue Ridge. That's my dream. Dream. That's awesome. Dream. Do you have like uh, some side by sides and stuff like going around the property, some like four wheelers or razors? Not yet. Oh, yeah, not, our not our yet. general manager and head chef, <laughs> who's a cordon range. bleu, he wants a gun range. He wants <laughs> axe uh, throwing. Axe throwing. He also wants all the ATVs. Does every time That's you amazing. walk past him, does he go gun range? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes he does. Sharpening an axe. You yeah. know what I need. And Erica's actually a classically trained psalm as well. So she oh, wants amazing. vineyard. <laughs> amazing. Oh. I would settle for a distillery. That works too. What's your favorite California cab? Oh, that's mm. a good question. I do enjoy Farniente. 
Okay. Yeah, um, Farniente is good. That's bougie. Yeah. It, it is a little bougie. Uh, the Aperture. That's you like amazing. This aperture? is quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike, um, is it, you got what I'm more of an old world speaking? kind of gal, though. I appreciate all the wines, but usually my heart's in the old world style wines. So, I so what side of the river Burgundy, do you like? It's fancy for France Ooh, and I like Italy and yeah, Spain. What the hell are y'all? What side of the world? On what river? I mean, like, I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Old world, new world? In France, there's a very important river. Okay. Yes. <laughs> all right. Is it the Nile? <laughs> um, she can tell you about no, it. I mean, like, yeah, I'm like, huh? What, what are y'all talking about? This is not language that I normally am around. My wife's like, hey, we pick me up something? And I'm like, and I pick her up something. She's like, you've got me the nastiest fucking wine. I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> she go to Pepe, dude. They come in a box. <laughs> No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, I mean it was. I mean whatever. I said hey. it was 1999. What do you want me to fucking say? I don't know. It was a good year. It was. It said that's what it should be called. It was a good year. <laughs> That'd be a good name for a wine. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's some it, business ideas. There. It was a good year. <laughs> Every year, it's like what is it? Going out of business. They're always going out of yeah. business. Free, free, free beer tomorrow. Yeah, the yeah. sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that. awesome. Uh, Tommy Breedlove, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, man, uh, your this book has been awesome, guys. is legendary. Check him out at TommyBreedlove.com. And if you want to know about his retreats, some of these things, these legendary life mastermind groups, you actually have to be invited. That's Ooh. correct. That's correct. You can come do a retreat, an adventure experience. Or and they mar- might consider or, you. Might con- there you go. <laughs> or we do a big business event every year, Your Life, Your Legends, coming up in Tampa. I'm excited about that. Man. That's awesome. That's cool. So yeah. you guys have got, which is it the, what hotel is it at? It's at the Limited in Tampa. That place is uh, that, sweet. No, really? the Tampa edition. Tampa edition, yes. Yes. That, thank God she's on the mic now, man. Get, this is what I need. We're giving out the wrong exactly. information. Yes. Yeah. There's the whole Quinta. Where's Tommy? <laughs> I'm here for the event. Sorry, sir. There's no event supposed here. supposed to be in the house. Where is he? <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for coming in. Ben, anything else? No, I'm good. Thank you guys both for coming in. It's yeah, been it was a great. pleasure. I, it was a to, lot of fun. Uh, digest all the information that you put out there in your book. Everything is amazing. Love what you're doing. Look forward to you know Isn't hopefully lodge, getting man. involved. I'm going to come up and visit the lodge. Yeah, man. We got lots to talk about. So Love that, I'm super excited. Yeah. Love that. You guys Thank are the best. You. Thank you guys. Full Media.